Well, hello, hello. It is Tuesday, February the 7th of 2017. My name is Nolan Kaler. And I'm Nicolene Flossenweep. You are listening to Wittenberg Radio, CMU's most subscribed to podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Wittenberg Radio. We have a website as well. We are at Wittenberg, or wittenbergradio.com. And uh, wittenbergradio at gmail.com is the place to send us your comments, questions, listener concerns, etc. Subscribe on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. Here we are. Here we are. It's columnist week once again here on the show, but unfortunately we're only down to two this week. <sighs> so sad. It is sad. Isla Manning of Isla's Disappointments um, has fallen ill today and it's with schedules the come. way that it worked, it just <laughs> didn't work out to get her in here this week. So I hope that you are feeling better soon, Isla, and mm-hmm. uh, so you can feel all that wonderful rage once again so she uh, did do a wonderful job on the panel at the the food uh no not clothing fashion um oh yeah panel at forum yes yes she yeah. did yeah there you go that's a that's a good rant for the yeah yeah for the so week. if you you'll have to get your rant somewhere else this week if you have something there's a lot to rant about <laughs> you can post it for me betsy devos was confirmed as trump's education secretary which is uh. terrible she believes that uh we need guns in the schools uh, to protect from wait for oh. wait for it, to protect from uh, what if a grizzly bear walks up to the school? <laughs> this is a th- I'm not. Oh I wish my goodness. I'll. I wish I was making this up. I really I, do. There's a lot to rant yeah, about. I'm uh, really should be informed about that. Kind of happy I didn't know about that, but that's yeah. Reality is upon us. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of things to rant about. So let's get some feel good uh, tunes up in here, shall we? And then we'll get to our columnist Jason Friesen of our sports columnist stopping by today to discuss um, the Super Bowl. I'm still trying to like, you know, yeah. to get over all that Crazy craziness times. on the weekend. And uh, Kenji Nick will be here with a review of the new film La La Land. Fabulous. You haven't seen that, have you? I haven't. He's going to spoil it for you. I know. I know. But it, it'll be good to hear about it. But okay. I'm, yes, I, it's definitely on my list of things to do to go see. Outstanding. Another thing yeah. you got to go see. If you ha- are hearing this Tuesday night, you probably would have missed buying the, <clears throat> the tickets already. But um, Arkells are here in town. One of my all time favorite Canadian bands. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, one of my all-time favorite Canadian bands. They are at the Centennial Concert Hall tonight with Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls, a great English rocker. And um, they're bringing their new record, Morning Report. And uh, they're just one of my favorite bands. And we're going to get a tune from their last record before the new one. It's called High Noon. I highly recommend it. And we're going to play a tune called Cynical Bastards. Cynical Bastards, yeah. Let's get it going. Cynical Bastards by the Arkells on Winberg Radio.
have it. <laughs> no, I say that every time. I know. It's awesome. Dang it. Let's keep it going. Okay. There you go. Arkell, Cynical <laughs> Bastards, here on Wittenberg Radio. And uh, there you go. There you have it, in fact. There you have it, yeah. There you have it. So let's jump into it, shall we? Jason Friesen and sports. Well, quite a weekend in uh, the sports world. Not only are our CMU athletics teams are in action, but believe it or not, there are more important sporting <laughs> events. Maybe not more important. There are more high-profile sporting <laughs> events CMU's happening. <laughs> CMU is very important. Blazers are very important. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm sure that uh, millions of people didn't tune in on this past Sunday to watch the CMU Blazers. Uh, they would have tuned in for the annual Super Bowl, the NFL's finest contest featuring... Uh, it's a, you know, Lady Gaga did a concert and then it was nice of her to accommodate a football team or football game around. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of how I, that's sort of how it was interpreted, at least by my girlfriend. Mm. So, <laughs> yes, nice. But regardless, the Atlanta Falcons and uh, New England Patriots were in this year's Super Bowl and uh, the ending, well, I'll let our sports columnists explain the rest. Jason Friesen back with us again for another edition of the sports column. How you doing, man? Doing great. How are you? Still coming down. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear ya. I hear ya. Okay, there was first of all, what what's the significance of this year's Super Bowl uh, as opposed to other Super Bowls in its results? Well, uh, this this year the it was the first time the Super Bowl had ever gone to overtime, and it was probably one of at at some point in the game was the least likely to ever go to an overtime because I think I read a stat at one point the Atlanta Falcons had a ninety nine point six percent chance of winning the game in regulation not an overtime Whoa. in they, regulation they were up 28 to 3 absolutely going they were into the third third quarter fourth quarter very late in the game very, like very much too late in the game for a comeback one would think but uh leave it to tom brady and the patriots to pull out uh, their magic once again and uh force overtime and eventually get a a narrow win that is so never b- ever before has this gone into overtime and never not in the 51 years that the Super Bowl has been around. And so. now the Patriots have won a number they're they're perennial favorites to go to the Super Bowl and, and win the, win it all. They've this is the I think the second time in 3 years mm-hmm. yep. the second time in 3 years that they've won the, yep. the contest. Um and they've won a whole bunch now uh, in the last ever since really the two, in the 2000s it's really been about the Patriots. They've won 5 Super Bowls since Tom Brady became the full-time uh, quarterback mm-hmm. and they've never looked back and he's probably got another good three to five years in him yet yeah that's what he's saying he says he wants uh, to come back for a few more years and uh, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to imagine him being in at least another one or two Holy Super Bowls and coming close to at least two or three more I would say um, so expect to see him back him and Bill Belichick back at it again and uh, if you're a Patriots fan that's a great thing uh, and for the many of Everyone you who are else. not <laughs> Well, literally the rest <laughs> of the world. <laughs> Prepare to mope for a while. <laughs> now, for those who don't know, why is it so easy for us to dislike the New England Patriots? Well, well, for, if you're not a fan of them, they do a lot of winning, so it's easy to hate teams that do a lot of winning. Yep. Um, there's also They've also been surrounded by a fair amount of controversy over the years. There's been uh, talks of them putting video ca- cameras at other oh, teams' right, practices way, way back in the Whoa. day. Uh, so people don't like him for that. And then most recently, there was uh, the Deflate Gate, uh, which happened uh, in was that two years ago? That was I think it was the season before because Tom yeah, Brady didn't miss the first four games of this yes, season. He missed the first four games of the season be, uh, on on the grounds that the NFL believed uh, he had or he and the Patriots had uh, deflated footballs during a playoff game uh, so that they would gain an advantage uh, because it was cold weather. And so when the ball gets hard, it's harder to catch, harder to throw. So by deflating the balls, they thought they were giving themselves an unfair advantage. So he was 
he was suspended for four games by the league, and uh, oh. obviously it didn't affect him too much because he came back. <laughs> right. Well, and, and there was like, and there was a little bit of a moment too when they accepted the trophy and they looked at the commissioner of football and said, "You know what? Look where we are now, buddy." <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The owner Robert Kraft uh, uh, noted that uh, the, the win was particularly uh, significant because of all that had gone in the past year or two, and. Uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of a moment of redemption for them, but another moment of fostering hate for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> now, who was uh, if you were to highlight one player aside from Tom Brady for the rest of uh, the from the rest of the Super Bowl, who would it be and uh, and why? Uh, I really don't think you can overlook um, Julian Edelman. Um, his catch in the last minutes of regulation uh, will probably go down as one of the greatest catches ever. Uh, the ball was literally inches from the ground. It was the most improbable catch I've ever seen. Uh, and had he dropped it, no Super Bowl win for them. So um, you really can't overlook him. And those always seem to happen in the Super Bowl too, hey? Like Absolutely. There's, there's there's a history there. Some guys have caught the ball on their helmet. Um, right. Some guys have caught it with barely a pinky toe touching the ground to, to stay in bounds um it's it just seems to happen at the at the most crucial times it just always yeah it always seems to happen that way also we should probably tip our heads to matt ryan absolutely well. fantastic player mvp of the season played a heck of a game uh at least for the first half right uh, kind of slowed down in the second half but uh class act by him at the end too even when there could have been a bit of controversy about the touchdown at the end he kind of said hey they want it so Right, totally. Um, what do you think the Falcons, a team who have rarely get into the Super Bowl, they were the sort of the Cinderella story of, of the year mm-hmm. in a tough division, where to way, work their way out. What will, what will Matt Ryan's, uh, what will Matt Ryan's specifically next steps be forward? Because now he's got to cement his legacy as a winner. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, ultimately, if you want to go down as one of the great players in history, it it, it does come down to championships and. Uh, but I think Matt Ryan, he's still he's still decently young. He's got plenty of years left in him, uh, as well as the rest of his team. They have a very, very young team. Nobody at the beginning of the season projected them to do well at all. Uh, I've heard people were projecting them to go 5-11, and 11, and they reversed that and went 11-5. So I think they've got a lot of good years ahead of them uh, and something that they can look forward to to try to stack up some championships. There you go. And uh, we'll not speak of what happened to my Vikings after the first five games of the year. <laughs> Jason Friesen, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Jason Friesen, our sports columnist, coach here on the CME Blazers as they wrap up the regular season and then head into playoffs later on this month. Awesome to have Jason with us here again. And uh, I'm still trying to come down. Maybe a little movie action is what we need to just chill out a little bit. Nice. And so we'll bring in Kenji Dick. And, of course, always we have to bring in our culture columnist for the week, Kenji Dick is back with us to chat about the latest in what's happening in Hollywood. And lots has happened with uh, Oscar nominations and whatnot. And I'm sure we'll be talking about one specific film in in particular that has everyone kind of up in arms, but also raising their arms in celebration. (laughs) Kenji, how you doing, man? I'm doing uh, very well. Uh, How are you guys doing? I'm just fine. Good. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. So Um, what movie is this that we're going to talk about today? Well, uh, today I would like to talk about a little bit about the 2016 film that a lot of people loved uh, called La La Land, directed by Damon Chazelle. Um, It stars Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, and it's a musical about dreams in L.A., about making it big in either jazz or acting. And uh, it won the hearts of many people who went to go see the movie, and it's already been nominated for a lot of Oscars. It's been nominated for, I think, 12 this year, and I think that ties it actually up with the most Oscars nominations, uh, period. 
Uh, wow. I think I tied it up with Lord of the Rings Return of the King from 2003. So that's huge. So wow. I basically got a lot of nominations this year. And it looks like very clearly to be the favorite to win a bunch of them. And it's probably going to be competing with another great movie called Moonlight. Um, but with all of this, there's been – with all of this, with a – with a, normally a film that is very clearly going to have a lot of success at the Oscars, there always inevitably is some sort of backlash towards the film. And sometimes for a very legitimate reason, and sometimes huh. maybe not so much, and that's obviously up for debate. But in this case, there's been interesting backlash towards La La Land. Um, recently, um, The Guardian just published an article about uh, this backlash, and essentially how a lot of this backlash stems from this idea that, that La La Land is kind of promoting this white savior aspect of jazz right so that jazz being very much inherently like an african-american music art form that you have a character like ryan gosling who is a white character that talks about how he wants to bring back jazz and make it still relevant right um and this has been a this has been a, a bit of controversy for people saying that that's like you know kind of whitewashing the situation when it's otherwise it actually an african-american art form and i i myself have an opinion about this but then i also realized that i don't know terribly a whole lot about jazz as, a, as an art form and that's why I wanted to talk to you today, particularly uh, Nolan, about what you think about this, um, if you have anything uh, to add to this. Because I know that you are very much into music, mm -hmm. and I'm just curious, like, from your from your experience, like, from your, you know, observations, like, do you think there are some very legitimate grounds for these kind of criticisms? Like, Absolutely, I think there are. First of all, let's qualify something. When I went to see La La Land, first of all, loved the film. Yeah. Um, it was very beautifully done, as you said, and then it was all. Then I thought the music was good, but I don't know that you called it a musical off the top, and I'm not entirely certain that I would qualify La La Land as a musical, just because I can't, for the life of me, sitting here before you now, can't think of a single memorable song to sing. Really, that's gonna okay. catch on. Yeah, the yeah. Only, actually, the most memorable thing is there's this, like this little motif that uh, the the guy plays on the piano. Yes. That's like the most memorable thing, but I won't be I wouldn't be able to do it for you now because I don't remember it that well. But like, <clears throat> I mean, that aside, going into the jazz thing, um, I think that that there th that kind of struck me a little bit as I was watching it too. It's not something that necessarily got in the way of my. It's you know it's a it's a I don't know it's a silly movie. It's like you know it's it's like you know it's it's a it's supposed to make you feel good and the guy's okay he's doing jazz and he's gonna play the piano he's gonna play jazz and they're gonna have a good time and they're gonna save jazz to me it wasn't necessarily a racial angle to that it was i mean there's like there's so many things that people are trying to do now to save jazz right or make yeah. it relevant to make it relevant to a new generation i think of rappers like kendrick lamar using uh, rap in his last full album um using jazz idioms then that related very well to to a more wide, a more mainstream audience than just a typical jazz audience. I, mm, I'm just there. Like there are a his, there is a history of white people in jazz as well. But yes, predominantly it is an African American uh, art form, and I'm not convinced that Ryan Gosling's character is trying to save jazz. Yes, yeah, he's and trying to. He's. I think he's like he's trying to to validate his own experience through a, an art form that he loves that is never ch that is always like adapting and never stays a static thing yes i think um well i really appreciate that i think that's really good to know um because like i myself am a little bit hesitant to like say a lot about this when i realize i myself don't know a whole lot about jazz but what i've gathered very much from this from this argument is that like first of all yes ryan gosling's character 
Uh, he never really claims that he's saving jazz. I think he's more or less um, very much nostalgic for what jazz was, right? And he says like, and he very much says in the movie that this art form is dying, right? That people's interest in this is like dying, and I'm trying, and I want to like make it relevant still, right? Um, and what's interesting though is that there's a very uh, there's another character like played by John Key, I believe, yeah, um, who like who has a very much of the approach of like that jazz needs to evolve, right? And we need, and we need, and that that's the only oh, way it's yeah, going John, to survive. John Legend. Right? John Legend. Yeah, John Legend. Excuse me, not John Key. It's very, yeah, excuse me about <laughs> yeah, that. John Le- yeah, John um, Legend. Yeah, and, and um, eventually what's, and eventually what uh, Brian Gosling's character learns is that, it, well, the jazz is adapting, but you can't wax nostalgic for too long and you can't, you can't hold on to your own ideas and beliefs about how something is going to be and how something is going to pan out down the road when you really have no idea. Jazz to me was just like a vehicle for him to realize that. Yeah, it wasn't, right. It, the, the focus of it was not necessarily the jazz because that's just kind of the, that's just sort of the subplot, I think. It was it was interesting for me watching him up there with all of these, you know, the stereotypical jazz musician, the half-blind African-American <laughs> guy. Yeah, yeah. Who's got the bass on and he's done, the other guy's got, got, the, got the guitar and they got the trumpet player and the sax player and there's Brian Gosling on the piano and... <laughs> Oh, white guy at the ca- yeah. So, <laughs> white guy on the keys. Um, it was really interesting to me to 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 see that juxtaposition, and that maybe that gave me a bit of pause. But the jazz wasn't the center of it for me necessarily. Jazz was just the vehicle for Ryan Gosling's character to realize that things don't have to be so rigid, and he doesn't have to fight first. Like he was working really hard to fight upstream to make to bring back this nostalgic sort of sort of jazz ideal. But what he found was that the paths that life took him down instead were not necessarily that. Yes, right. And I think one, and I think, yeah, I think you're definitely right in that. And I think also, like, just thinking about later in the film, I think what jazz really plays a part in this is that, like, this is also the same for Mia's or Emma Stone's, like, arc as well within the movie, is that, like, along with achieving your dreams, you have to sacrifice a few things. And not to spoil the end of the movie, which is an incredible ending, in my opinion, um, it, like, there's this very much, there is this overall tone of, like, in order to in order to achieve the things that you want to, that you very much want in life you're going to have to sacrifice a few other things right and i think that's like the whole i think that's one of the main reasons why jazz is brought up here because you're right like ryan gosling wants to bring back wants to have like this nostalgia for what jazz used to be right. but i think he begins to realize that yeah from from let from john legend's point of view or john legend's character's point of view is that like that you can't do that right people that just blunt, put it bluntly people just aren't interested in that style of jazz anymore and because of that it needs to evolve right and so it's just interesting to me because the film kind of also makes that very like makes that kind of very intentionally vague as to what what side of the argument kind of works because very much Ryan Gosling's character is very much a traditionalist in that case whereas John Lennon is like no we need to take it forward and I don't think it really picks a side but I just kind of find it interesting that a lot of people seem to think that this movie is taking a side and because that is making very like big conclusive statements that this film is like whitewashing a whole genre of music and that's something that it was slightly bugging me a little because just viewing this film exclusively in that light is like excluding everything else that this film is saying. This is a film about about dreams and also the sacrifices you have to take to get those dreams and the love that you have for those for those opportunities, right? And the, yeah, the constant work that I'm just repeating myself, but the constant work you have to put into <laughs> it, right? And I feel like that just by focusing on one exclusive aspect of the film and also going into a movie and expecting that aspect to be explored, you're just excluding everything else. 
it, it's just something that I just seem to be noticing a lot with a lot of big movies that get attention is that people are just like, well, why doesn't this happen? Why doesn't that happen? Like another criticism of La La Land apparently has been that there's no gay people in it, and that's weird because there's a huge gay community in L.A. Mm, it's like interesting. That's that's interesting, but it's like, but that but there's nothing. This movie isn't really making any statement about the LGBT community in L.A. It has really nothing to do with the LGBT community in L.A. Just like. Are we are we to include these things just because that location has those things, right? Or do we have to be like, or do we have to include these things, right? And just I think that's something that I would just that was my response to like these criticisms that I just feel like they're very interesting critiques and very interesting notes I would have not otherwise observed. I'm just a little nervous that if we constantly keep on criticizing movies for these specific points, we're going to be ignoring what the director was originally intending. And yeah, that's what I was thinking. So there you go. An endorsement from Kenji Dick to go see La La Land and uh, judge for yourself what you think about all these uh, all these elements of the film. Yeah, it's still in theaters. It's a it's, <laughs> it's a dope movie. And you just said it had good music. It is I good. It's good I, music. Yeah, it's good music. I I personally don't know a whole lot about music, but uh, Another Day in the Sun it like was like stuck in my mind. Like the opening the opening piece, I I loved it anyways. There so, you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Kenji Dick, a pleasure as always. Thank you. All right, we'll see you next month. And there's Kenji Dick talking about La La Land. And, um, I definitely you, have to go see I would say, are you galvanized to go see this now? Yes, I definitely have to go see this. Yes. It was I, very it was yeah. very sweet. And everybody's dressed up in these cute 50s costumes. And, like, it's <laughs> it's precious. Precious. All right. It's we'll really, see. it's it was fun. Yeah, um, that's cool. What do we got for a local song this week, Nicolene? This week, uh, we have The Marigolds, which consisted of, let's see if I can remember all the people. This consisted of, I believe, Rebecca Jansen. And Katie Unruh. And Katie Unruh and Daniela and Marcus Stahl. 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 <laughs> um, yes, they made up the Marigolds. And uh, they sang their song, um, well, not their song, but a throwback song, I believe it was Sadie Hawkins' dance. By Reliant K. By Reliant K. So uh, here is a throwback to the Christmas Coffee House. girls in the bathroom talking who they gonna take to the sadie hawkins my ears are burning but i kept on walking smile on my face and air guitar rocking sadie hawkins dance in my khaki pants nothing better oh 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 girls that's the guys always a surprise nothing better baby do you like my sweater of my next class napping gotta give a speech bow to the clapping told a funny joke got the whole class laughing think i got a tan from the left i was basking sadie hawkins dance in my khaki pants nothing better oh 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 girls ask the guys always a surprise nothing better baby do you like my sweater Scanned the cafeteria for some good seating. Found a good spot by the cheerleaders eating. The quarterback asked me if I like. 
like a beating I said that's one thing I won't be needing And since I'm rather smart and cunning Took off down the next tall running Only to get stopped by a girl so stunning Only to get stopped by a girl so stunning Said you're smooth And good with talking Go with me to the Sadie Hawkins. Sadie Hawkins dance in my khaki pants. Nothing better. Oh, oh, oh. Girls ask the guys. Always a surprise. Nothing better, baby. Do you like my sweater? Sadie Hawkins dance in my khaki pants. Nothing better. Oh, oh, oh. Girls ask the guys, always a surprise, nothing better. Do you like my sweater? Baby, do you like my sweater? There was a throwback to uh, some Christian rock times. Like, I have not heard Reliant K in a good 10 years. Yeah. And that song just takes me right back to a time when I, like, (laughs) it was not pretty, like, my my junior high years, but brought me right back there. Yeah, I don't actually know them, but that was a great thing to listen to. There you go. The Marigolds. Here's what's happened in CMU sports since you last checked in, unless you were a Kaya Glover, Papa Murphy's fan of the month for January. Congrats on that. So... Women's basketball was in action this weekend, uh, as well as our CMU men. The women took out a 84-51 win. Men fell just short. Um, women's volleyball and men's volleyball uh, both were in action twice this weekend. Uh, men's, uh, we were at uh, Providence, and uh, women took out a 3-2 win. Men's fell just short there, and uh, they played the UW as well. Both teams taking out victories on that front. Uh, in men's and women's futsal, uh, women's futsal took a 3-3 draw against uh, BU, and men's futsal won 4-1. And they, uh, women's futsal did pick up the victory against uh, the Assiniboine College Cougars with a 6-2 win. Men's futsal drew 5-all. And, of course, men's and women's basketball played again. Uh, women's basketball this time took a uh, loss, 73-65. to Men fell uh, to TBC, 90-71. to so we've got more games coming up uh, this week as well. Got to keep it tuned to that CMU Daily as well as that handy little chalkboard on uh, the Barnbeck Commons mm-hmm. mezzanine to find out what's happening. Volleyball teams are in action this Friday against St. Boniface. Great. Uh, other than sports, this week <coughs> uh, we have coming. Well, this week is Week of Solidarity put on by Peace and Sustainability Committee. Uh, the focus is the clothing industry. So... Um, you might see a whole bunch of people wearing the same outfit every day. They are doing a wear if you dare challenge, uh, wearing something of the same every day this week to uh, highlight what we need versus what we want. Um, some other events that are going on with that, though. Um, well, tonight, Tuesday evening, there is a documentary screening um, in the conference room. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday at Worship is happening in the park, which Ooh. is very exciting. Um, with a fire and s'mores um, and then a Thursday at lunch there is a mending workshop 
Um, What's a mending workshop? Mending. If you want to learn how to fix some of your clothes, I think, um, there will be, I think with Louisa Friesen, she will be uh, educating the masses. So that's pretty cool. Um, a couple other things. Um, this week, um, Soul and Paraphrase, CMU's Journal oh, yeah. of Literary Arts, um, accepting all sorts, sorts of writing submissions. Uh, those submissions are due this Thursday, the 9th. Um, also on the 9th and the 10th from 9.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. there will be a job and program booths in the student center on South Campus um, with all sorts of employers and uh, um, yeah you can talk with them about getting jobs this summer. Um, I believe that is all. Lovely. As I say, keep it tuned to that CMU Daily. So that's going to do it for us for another week. Uh, tune in next week for a very special episode where we won't tell you what's happening until we get there. So until then, subscribe to us on iTunes, the podcatcher of your choice. We are on Facebook and Twitter at Wittenberg Radio. Wittenberg Radio, gmail.com is the place to send your comments, questions, listeners, concerns, etc. As well, follow us uh, at our website, wittenbergradio.com. Until next time, my name is Nolan Kaler. And I'm Nicolene Klaassen-Weed. Catch you then. Wittenberg Radio is a production of CMU Student Council. The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of CMU Student Council. Thank you.